0: God's word speaks to us this evening from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. We're going to read together the first nine verses. And this is God's word to us tonight. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what, is, what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. For I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. May God bless the reading of his word to us tonight. Indeed, I find it a great honor to be able to be part of the fulfillment of our Savior's word. For tonight... I'm going to present to you none other than the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The essence of that gospel, that good news, is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has died for you and has saved you from all of your sin. The gospel. So simple and yet so profound. The gospel writers each had their own way of putting it, of course. For example, Paul would write, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he has given us the victory through the power of of our Lord, through the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Peter would write, in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And then there is John, of course. The text that we love so well. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son, Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want you to know that the focus, the essential truth of the Christian faith, the absolute foundation of Christianity according to the gospel is Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ and what that person has done for us. Never should we focus on law or never should we focus on traditions or never should we focus on the church, the gospel. What the world needs to hear is that Jesus Christ has died and risen and ruled. Having shared the gospel let me now have honor also of telling you what Mary has done for our Lord. Mary came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. I submit that this is the most beautiful and the most perfect act of worship recorded in the scriptures. And that is why her act is to be remembered throughout the world, wherever that gospel is preached. Wherever Jesus Christ remains the focus of the good news. Her act of worship is beautiful and pure because of the context in which it is given. We read that it is two days before the Passover, which is the event in which the Israelites, the celebration of which is when the Israelites remember the time when they had to years and years ago, killed the lamb and put his blood on the doorpost of their home and God would deliver them from the angel of death. Two days before the Passover, as well as the Feast of Unleavened Bread, meaning that seven days after the Passover, they were to cleanse their homes from all leaven and eat only unleavened bread. Meaning that they, as they left Egypt, were to remove all evil, remove all the culture of Egypt out of their lives as they became God's people through their journey in the wilderness. These sacred dates look back at an event that became the focus and the central foundation of the Jewish faith the time when god had delivered them from their cruel captors indeed these holidays conjured up in the minds of the jewish people you know the cruelty of their egyptian captors the, the centuries of the silence of god the, the night of death for the egyptian people and the mighty acts of god in which he delivered his people from the bondage to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. However, those in that house with Mary that night knew that those events of the past paled in comparison to what God was doing in their lives through the Son, Jesus Christ. You notice that they were in the home of one called Simon the leper. Simon the leper. Obviously, something has changed in that man's life. He was a leper, meaning he would have had no home. He would not be a part of any community. He was unclean. He had to live in caves near the dump. They were unclean in all religious ceremonies, and yet here they are meeting in his home. On these sacred days, Simon, if he was a leper, would have been cut off. He was unclean, and yet here he is hosting Jesus and the disciples. What has changed, you see, is that Jesus has healed this man who was once a lever, but now has been delivered from this terrible disease. But even more remarkable, if you would turn with me to John chapter 12, The Gospel of John, chapter twelve, verse two. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Lazarus was there. He had been dead. Four days ago, for four days, he had been placed in a tomb wrapped in burial clothes. And now he's there as one of the guests, dead for four days until Jesus came and stood before his tomb and said, Lazarus. Come forth. And Lazarus came forth alive, alive. (coughs) Jesus showed himself to be the resurrection and the life. A man once dead now reclines at the table with him in the home of Simon the leper. So while they were joining their fellow Jews and celebrating these great acts of God that happened in the past, in which God delivered his an- their ancestors, seeing Simon and seeing Lazarus, they realized that God has come in Jesus to deliver them from their great spiritual bondage to deliver them <coughs> from sin and death. And that's why Mary comes and breaks the flask of perfume and pours it on his head. Her act was beautiful also because of the context in which Mary poured this flask of perfume on, her, on Jesus as an act of worship, because this act anticipated the approaching darkness of his arrest and crucifixion. Mark informs us that two days before the nation would celebrate these holidays, when the Israelites would recall how their leaders slew that lamb and had the doorpost Painted with the Lamb's blood, they remember that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of their world. And as they celebrated there in honor of Christ, they understood, or Mary understood, I should say Mary understood that their Jewish leaders were plotting his death. Everyone knew that the opposition was building, but no one except Judas who was there realized how close that hour of darkness had come. We must take note then that it is shortly after Mary's act of worship in which she broke that flask, poured the perfume on his head, that Judas went to the chief priest and sold his loyalty and his soul for 30 pieces of silver. So do you understand? This incredible act of worship on the part of Mary took place, if I might say, between two two different things. The church of Jesus was meeting and surrounding Christ rejoicing at how God was saving them from their sin and from death itself. They were rejoicing in how God had touched their lives. Simon cured from leprosy. Lazarus raised from the dead. Between that and two acts of incredible hatred and evil, where the Pharisees are plotting his death, and Judas goes and betrays him. If I may, I would like to point out as well that today as we meet as a Church of Jesus Christ in our society, When we gather together in worship, we are surrounded by an increasing intolerance for our faith in our society. That we must never be so naive as to think that everyone is celebrating the great redemptive acts of Christ during this Lenten season. Rather, the misunderstanding and the intolerance and even the hatred in our society is increasing against our faith. We have to realize that a time of darkness is quickly approaching necessitating an urgency and a purity in our worship of our Lord Jesus Christ. This room should be filled with awe, with humility, with sincerity, with generosity, with devotion, so that our worship in this intolerant world becomes a beautiful thing noticed by our world, noticed that we know Christ as the Lord of our life. So rather than focusing so much on how we are to worship, which often divides the Christian community, we must be focusing on whom we worship. As the gospel says, Jesus must be the focus, the absolute focus of our faith. And with that, of course, we worship both the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. And that becomes a powerful testimony to our world. This brings out a very important aspect of the beauty of Mary's act of worship. You see, Mary has this spirit-led understanding of priority in her life. Some time ago, Jesus had come to her and her sister's home, what an honor that had been. Luke tells us that there was so much to be done because, after all, it was Jesus and his disciples that were coming as guests. However, we are told that it is Martha that ended up doing all the work. Why? Because Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his every word. Mary just seemed to have this understanding that that was where she had to be. That had to be the top priority in her life. So against all fairness and against all etiquette and against all social mores, Mary left the cooking and the cleaning to Martha while she sat at the feet of Jesus. And now in that house of Simon the leper, it is she that takes this flask alabaster flask and pours that expensive, expensive perfume over his head. The scripture tells us that the expense of that perfume was capable of giving a living to one person for a year. So imagine how much it would cost today. Think about your salary, your wage twenty five thirty thirty five forty thousand dollars, obviously, an extravagance like that did not go unnoticed. Jesus, you should have stopped her so that we could sell that and give the money to the poor. Imagine the good it could have done, Jesus. Imagine the food that it could have bought. Imagine the clothing that it could have provided. I mean, just to pour such an amount over your head for no good reason, shame on her, and shame on you. John in his gospel informs us that those sentiments were being expressed by Judas Iscariot. And with that kind of sentiment, we get into the mind of Judas a little bit. You see, Judas had the mind of a utilitarian. The mind that is always practical. The mind that is always comparing values. The mind that is always looking at the bottom line. And when he saw her break that perfume over Jesus' head, And realize all the money that that meant, that was being wasted, he left and then betrayed Jesus Christ. Mary's heart was not utilitarian. (laughs) Mary's heart was full of love, love for Jesus full of the joy for her own life in Christ. Just excited by the fact that her brother Lazarus was there, alive. Intuitively, she was aware that soon Jesus was going to be taken away from them. So it was now or never to express her adoration, now or never, for her to worship him. She realized it was the last opportunity for her to give expression to what was in her heart. And that something was not, could not be expressed with words. It's something that could, you could not put a price on. She took that flask and broke it and poured the perfume on his head. And it was so much that it went and dripped down to his feet. And there were critics, but she was expressing her love. And Jesus said, What she has done is a beautiful thing. Enough said. In this conversation, Jesus mentions the poor. That the poor was always going to be with us. So after Mary had taken this perfume and poured it on Jesus' head and came up about how expensive that all was, how valuable that all was, Jesus said, remember the poor is always with you. And we have to realize, really, the care for the poor is a primary duty for the followers of Jesus Christ. In fact, the memory of Mary, I would contend that we remember her act of worship best by making sure that as disciples of Jesus Christ, unable to do exactly what she is able to do because, after all, Jesus was with her at that time. We must care for the poor. And we must do so in an extravagant way. And we must be careful that we are not living extravagant lifestyles. We must lavish our love on others, especially on the poor. For remember, when we do it to the least of those, we are doing it to the Lord himself. Now in closing, we note that Mary's beautiful act of worship was prophetic in its meaning. Having been at the feet of Jesus, listening to his every word, she understood that he was on the way to death, that he was going to be crucified and then die in agony on a cross. Many of his followers had not listened to him. Some of his disciples were even trying to convince himself that it would not happen. But Jesus recognized that Mary was the one who understood. Mary was the one who knew. And Mary was attempting by her deed to express not only her love for Christ, but she was expressing her profound sympathy for her master as he was going to be drinking this cup of suffering. And so her anointing was an anointing for his burial. Such amazing intuition. So much he received from sitting at the feet of Christ. And so I would like to think that as Jesus Christ experienced the sufferings of the crucifixion, I mean, before that, he had been beaten, the crown of thorns had been placed on his head, he had nails driven through his hands and feet, he was lifted up on a cross but he still had to deal with the pain, the excruciating pain of crucifixion. And I I would think that as he hung there for us, he could still smell that perfume in his hair Reminding him that one had not forsaken him. That one had not betrayed him. That not one had denied him. But that one had worshipped him. After all, his love... In which he gave his all is so amazing and so divine. It demands an extraordinary response, an extravagant response. It demands my soul, my life, my all. Amen. Thank you, Father, for Mary's example. It becomes a memorial to us to remind us that first of all, you must be the absolute focus of our life and that we are to respond to your sacrifice with an extravagant gift of our own lives and our own souls. Indeed, our all. Accept that tonight. Father, as we rejoice in what Christ has done for us and let us go forward and serve others and share the good news of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.